1: We want to tell you about something new that we're really, really excited about. It's Live Big Magazine. Live Big Magazine is a free quarterly magazine featuring premium articles from Derek Greer and other expert contributors. It's all designed to help you live bigger in key areas of your life such as faith, business, mental health, parenting, and a whole lot more. The good news is that it's absolutely free with no strings attached. We'll even pay for shipping. All you have to do is go to DerekGreer.com slash magazine. That's DerekGreer.com slash magazine to claim your free subscription today. Military
0: and Federal Employees. Consider Grace Church for your tax-deductible CFC donations. Grace is passionate about meeting the needs of people near and far. Every year, we provide over 13 tons of food to thousands of local families through our weekly Bag of Hope emergency food services and school supplies, gifts, and other essentials to children who may otherwise go without. We also serve the spiritually hungry and hurting through outreach, streaming services, and the Live Big broadcast. People fighting suicide or simply needing answers let us know that the strong teaching gives them life-changing hope that draws them to Christ. So tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow yeah. Give a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Give a life bigger than
2: yourself. Big, big. Welcome to Live Big with Bishop Derek Reard. Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God and we believe that his word calls for us to live big. So our prayer is that this broadcast empowers you to live a life so big that it blesses everyone and everything around you. Let's get into the teaching.
1: We have two more parts left of our series entitled Essential Doctrines. We have already covered the deity of Christ, original sin, the triunity of God, and the new creation we looked at a couple of weeks ago. Today we're going to just touch upon the canon of Scripture. And by the time Jesus came to the earth, the canon of the Old Testament had been established. And we're going to, in the middle of this message, we're going to look at what he said about that particular canon. Matthew 12 verse 1, as you turn there, I'm going to pray for you and we're going to dig in. Father, I thank you for your word. Meet every need today, Father. Uh, Open eyes, cause us to see God clearer and better. Help us understand your truth and your ways, all because we came here, we tuned in today. In Jesus' precious name, we all say all right, Matthew 12:1. At that time, Jesus and his disciples went through the grain fields. It was a very, very pleasant day's hike, if you will, in the grain fields, but suddenly the journey turned sour. And it happened when certain uninvited guests showed up. How many of you have ever had some uninvited guests show up? Yeah. Here's something I know. People who are not happy with themselves will never be happy with you. So some folks kind of carry a dark cloud around with them and it has more to to, to do with how they feel about themselves than really how they feel about you. But we see this here and this happened on the Sabbath. Now, the reason that that, that's mentioned is because this is the main gripe or conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees. It was the observance of of the Sabbath. You see, unlike the Pharisees and, and many other small little groups, Jesus never got stuck on the what without understanding the why. You know, Scripture says it this way, and all you're getting get what? Understanding. Not just knowledge, but what? Understanding. So a lot of folk, you know, there's one level of information, and that might be knowledge. But a higher level is understanding. And Jesus didn't just walk with God with some rote uh, mechanical functionality as it related to rules. He understood the purpose and the meaning behind all that the father ever, ever asked. Here's the deal. If we do not understand the purpose of a thing, it's only a matter of time before we either abuse it or misuse it. And this is what began to happen with the Sabbath. Mark 2 and 27. Let's listen to Jesus again. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, meaning the Sabbath was created for human benefit and for our welfare. Us keeping the Sabbath doesn't make God stronger, doesn't make God wiser. It doesn't make heaven bigger. It doesn't do anything for God. The Sabbath is all about you and I. And all it was was a day off where where we could kind of you know we didn't have to worry about the practical. We, we could celebrate the eternal and get some much needed rest for our, our our bodies. Here's an important point: if rules about a thing become detrimental to the purpose of that thing, purpose always trumps rules. So one group was saying the rules, the rules. Jesus said purpose. And you cannot and will not really be able to walk with God until you get past the rule, under, obey the rules, understand the rules. But in all you're getting, get understanding of their purpose. He said the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Meaning the day was designed to give us spiritual freedom to walk with God, talk with God, undistracted. But not to make us slaves of the day. Some people, no matter what you do, will always end up slaves to something. Why? It's their nature, it's their mentality. And until you grow past it, you will not be able to more fully walk with Jesus. Back to Matthew 12 and 1. They're walking through the, the grain fields, dum to dum to dum dumb walking and, and just doing their thing. And Bible says that his disciples were hungry. And what this verse is telling us, what Jesus is about to do is not for Christ's sake, but for his disciples' sake. Nothing Jesus has ever done has only been for himself. It's always been with you and I in mind. And then it says that the disciples began to pluck heads of grain and to what? Eat. You see, God intended Israel to be a common Wealth, Meaning the land was established for the common good of every member or citizen of the nation. So, so eating handfuls of grain from your neighbor's field was both lawful, culturally acceptable, and actually it honored the very purpose of the nation. Most was clear in, in Deuteronomy 23 and 5. Hear the law. When you come into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck up the heads with your what? hand. What God was saying is, I don't want anyone in my kingdom hungry. And you need to understand this about God. God has not changed. He doesn't want any of his people without hungry. He cares as much as uh, today as he did back then. He said, listen, I have provision for you and I made provision for you. Likewise, he's done the same today, but here's the deal. But you shall not use a sickle on your neighbor's standing grain. There was one caveat you were not to pull up to the farm with a 16-wheeler. God knows how we are. Give some people an inch, they'll drag you a mile. You give, give them a cup of water and they want everything you know you, you, you got in your refrigerator. And he knew how people were. So, so what God did is He protected the needy as well as the farmer. By the way, that's what we have to do in our country today. It's not the bad rich people, the bad poor people. We got to take care, got to make sure the rich can do what they do. But we got to also make sure that there's no poor among us. And we, and we got to bless those at the bottom. And this was God's intent in his nation. And when the Pharisees saw it, it was like these guys were hiding in bushes. They were always, you know, spying out trying to, you know, catch Jesus in something. And immediately they jump up and say, ooh, 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 and, and, and you know, uh, nobody likes that kid, you know, that, no one likes that kid. They said, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Here's the deal, and this is what we do at times. They were doing what was not permitted by the Pharisees' particular denomination, But they were doing actually what God's word commanded and permitted. And sometimes what we do is we make our tradition our lens. We make our particular tradition our standard instead of God's word. You see, what kills us is seldom what God asks us to do as much as what we add to what God asks us to do. Let me show you a scripture that has helped me. For, for a lot of years now, Ecclesiastes 7.16. This is going to mess with some of your theology just a little bit. But I want you to listen to God's word. He says, do not be overly righteous. The problem is never righteousness, but over-righteousness. How do know, folks, that just always got to overdo it. Yeah. Pay attention here. Jesus didn't argue with sinners. He argued with the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the group that always overdid it. See, we think when we overdo it, it makes us closer to God. Actually, what you've done is made God want to rebuke you like he did and does. The Pharisees. What the scripture whispers about, we ought not shout about in our lives. <laughs> that was a Pharisee. He said, do not be overly righteous. I can hear you say know, they, they, they danced the other night. Get a life <laughs> back to the text, though. Nor be overly wise, righteousness and wisdom. We should hunger for righteousness. The Bible said wisdom is the principle thing, but you can overdo it, nor be overly wise. We don't have to know it all. We just need to trust the one who does know it all. Here's what I know in my life. When I start to overthink, I start creating problems that God didn't even call me to, to, to fix or to solve. And you got to be careful about all this over. It's not dependent on you. It's dependent on him. Yes. I'll never have it all figured out. I'll never line everything up and get all my ducks perfectly in a row because I'm not trusting me. I'm trusting, I will try my best. I will do. But then there's a point of going over the line. Yes. Yes. And God, listen, Christ is righteous. God by nature is righteous. God's never wrong. But overrighteous means you are trying to outdo God. Yes. How many of you know some saints don't look straight ahead trying to outdo God? Yeah. And then watch what Solomon says this next event. He said, why should you destroy yourself? You will wear yourself out trying to be Mr. And Mrs. Perfect. Do what you should do. And when you're done, Chill. See, somebody in this room is going to mishear me. Yeah, that's why I'm quitting the ushers. I'm quitting the greeting. No. Keep doing things, but stop overdoing things. Put up some boundaries. Make it healthy. Sometimes I have to write a note to self. I get so busy trying to... Uh, you know, sometimes, frankly, trying to please folks and church and, and, and the family and, and every I know I'm supposed to be better than that. But sometimes I got to note you are enough, you do enough, and, and you have enough. Yeah. Yeah. Chill. 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 <laughs> Chill. 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 That frog has more sense <laughs> than me. Sometimes. Matthew 12 and verse 1. But Jesus said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him. I want you to notice that Jesus defended his actions by returning to the word, not to his denominational handbook. It's important. Jesus consistently had a problem with people who believe God's word in theory, but did not accept its authority in their lives. In fact, let's take a look. See, I have enough problems with Scripture. Don't be adding nothing to it. That's why some people say, "Why, why don't you preach like that? Because I'm not trying to add. I'm trying to focus on the main stuff. I can't get involved in all that petty stuff and how long your shirt should be or, you know, can you button, the, unbutton the second button? Are you still? I, I, the stuff I know, I mean, I mean, just forgiveness is enough. I, I don't care about your button, Lord. Help me forgive. You know, the, the weightier here matters. Occupy yes. enough of my time yes. than to be overly concerned about how high your heel is. But if there was a rule, some of y'all women really breaking it, because y'all I, I ain't never seen <laughs> such big shoes before in my life. Am I right, Dickie Michelle? Where are you? Where are you, Dickie Michelle? She's somewhere. But 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 John ten. I already warned you it's gonna be this, you know, just one of these messages. But we're gonna get through it and then we'll get back to, to, to I don't know, whatever. Next step. All right. I'm gonna skip a part of this this scripture, but I want you to know Jesus speaking, watch the last thing he said there. By the way, this is God's son. If anyone could discern what's right and what's wrong, it was him. And he said, and the scripture, not will not, not not should not, cannot be broken. Jesus believed that God's word was always relevant He believed that God got it so right when he first wrote it that it never needed to be modified due due to convention, due, due to advancement. But here's the question. Was he wrong? Stay with me. Matthew 15 and verse three, Jesus speaking. Jesus answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God? The context here is Old Testament scripture. And what Jesus was saying is that the Old Testament scriptures were the very commands and oracles of God himself. So why did the Pharisees overlook scripture? The same reason you and I do today. Watch this. Because of your tradition. Could be said because of your culture. The only thing stronger in a Pharisee's life was their ethnic and denominational traditions. But here's what the Bible teaches us anything exalted above God and His Word is an idol. And sometimes we can place our ethnicity, our party, Over the word of God, we know what the word said, but my party said, but my peeps say anything you exalt above God's word is an idol that needs to be pulled down. I got more hallelujahs in this service than the last. So so I I feel a little bit better. Matthew 518 Jesus speaking again. This is the master. He said, "Assuredly, amen, amen. I mean, this, this is, I, I tell you the truth. You can't say it more affirmatively than Jesus just said it. I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away. Have they passed away yet? Not, yet? not one jot, one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. You see, Jesus not only embraced the overall message of the scriptures, He vouched for every single letter. And here's the deal. If anyone on earth ought to have known whether or not God spoke through Moses, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and the rest, it ought to have been God's son. Luke 17 and 29. One more place and we get back to Matthew. Jesus speaking. But on the day that Lot went out to Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone. It seems like a volcano erupted. And it all came down from heaven and it destroyed them all. Then in 32, he says, remember Lot's wife. It's important. Jesus not only embraced the historical record of scripture, he also embraced the people named in it. Meaning if the Bible said Abraham, he said he was talking about Abraham. If the Bible said Job, it's like, yeah, he was talking about Job. If it was a prostitute called Rahab, he's like, yeah, there was a prostitute called Rahab. This was Jesus's commitment and conviction about the word. Here's the question. You say you're a follower of Christ, but if you don't follow his theology, are you truly a follower? And then the second question is, if you're not following his theology, where are you getting yours from? Matthew 12 and 3. But Jesus said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the, the showbread, which was not lawful, it was not lawful, it was not lawful, for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only the priests. Jesus was saying to the Pharisees, If you guys will, will, will not condemn King David... Because he set aside a general law, the Sabbath, for a higher law. Surely you should expect the same from the king of kings and lord of lords. So if this human king did that. How much more the king that came down from heaven. And then watch Jesus again. He uses another scripture to make his point. He's not arguing just out of the air. He's the son of God. He could do that. But he argues with God's word because his thinking and 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 but basically, let me say something about God. Why does God quote himself? Because he can't improve upon what he already said, because he said it perfectly the first time. He don't need to say it differently the second time. So Jesus didn't have to invent some better way of saying it because it's already was said right. So here's the thing: you don't have to invent a better way of saying it. You don't have to modify the message. You hear what I'm saying? Because it was right and best said the first time. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple profane, that's a big word. Profane, we get the word profanity, the Sabbath. And what he was saying is that on the Sabbath, the priest performs manual labor to slay the sheep and to cut them and do all the different things and make the meal of it and the rest. They he said, in spite of the fact, that is breaking the general law, they are blameless. You see, the Pharisees were looking at the what, but because they didn't understand the why, they began to condemn Jesus. And sometimes we get upset with what what other people do, but because we don't understand the why, we find ourselves pointing a finger when we ought not. Now, here's the deal. In this second example, the Sabbath was of secondary importance to the work of operating the sanctuary. So in this 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 case, we see that all laws don't have the same priority. He was like, okay, we have the law of the Sabbath, but then we have the law of worship. And I need to be worshiped this day. So what I'm going to do is, you know what? This is a higher law. So you can work on this day. In spite of the fact that that it may not agree with the Sabbath, because, again, it's a higher law. Did I lose everybody? All laws do not have the same priority. Do you remember when Jesus said, you know, you guys wash the outside of the cup, you do all these things and everything, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law. Some issues are weightier. Some issues have more consequence than other issues. The problem is when we major in the minor and miss the major. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's when we get at odds with God. It's not that the minor doesn't matter. You can break a minor law, it's still a crime. But I'll tell you, you don't get life in prison for jaywalking, it's a minor crime.
2: This is the Live Big broadcast with Derek Rear. We pray that you were inspired to think big, do big, And live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or GraceChurchVA.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit GraceChurchVA.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ
1: live big. Hi, this is Derek Greer. I want to tell you about something new that I'm really excited about. It's Live Big Magazine, a free quarterly magazine featuring premium articles from myself and other expert contributors that help you live big in key areas of your life, such as faith, business, mental health, parenting, and a whole lot more. The good news is that it's absolutely free with no strings attached. I'll even pay for shipping. All you have to do is go to DerekGreer.com slash magazine. That's DerekGreer.com slash magazine to claim your free subscription today.